Hello all my friends, it's been a while since I last uploaded and recorded an episode of the Dead's Game Podcast and I'm glad to announce that I'm officially back to producing podcast episodes so do expect a couple of episodes this week because as promised, I have returned to Legends of Runeterra a couple of my friends saw that I've been actively online since a week ago and last week was actually when I returned to Singapore after having a business trip somewhere in Europe and needless to say I am energy packed and ready to embark on my latest expedition in competitive and professional card games this episode is titled my experience traveling in the COVID era and the God's Unchained experience like I said earlier I just came back from my business trip in Europe and it has been a very odd experience. I've always had a great time traveling, seeing new people, experiencing different cultures, trying the new or I would say different cuisine that the country has to offer. But for the first time that I've traveled, I've had a bad experience overseas. I think this is a combination of the way the world is moving towards along with how COVID has impacted every single relationship between locals and foreign people. The mood that I got when I was overseas was definitely different from what it was the last time I was in Europe, which was not too long ago, sometime during 2016 when I went to Italy for a trip with my family. This whole experience really dawned upon me and made me rethink about everything that I've experienced in my life thus far. Like you guys all know, I am born and raised in Singapore. Singapore being one of the most safe and one of the best countries in the world. It is a country which I often hear from international friends that they want to move to. Singapore being a relatively amazing country. We have a very good fiat-based monetary system, which to some, it may be pretty bad. Amongst my friends, some say it's a good system, some say it's bad, because we all know that fiat-based systems are not really that great. But in terms of everything else, we have a spectrum of high and lows in this country. Things can be really expensive in Singapore, and things can also be incredibly cheap. Definitely, if you're an expat and you're moving to Singapore, some parts of it can be relatively expensive if you choose to live the expat lifestyle. But if you choose to live like a local, you can definitely get a much more wholesome and affordable Singaporean experience. It's really night and day. I've seen many things about people saying that Singapore is very expensive, the country is incredibly... Uh, what's that word that everyone used? Yeah, there are a lot of rules and enforcement and, you know, the country is just unbearable to live in. There are certain rules that you have to abide to. Otherwise, this country is perfect. And all I can say is that you're right. Nobody's wrong. It's just that there are certain rules that you have to abide to to enjoy this utopia that Singapore has. There are some countries that has no rules. And it's by far not a very perfect country. The lesser rules that a country has, the more chaotic and lawless it becomes. 
in my mind, I always knew that the world is in a very nice place. I've been to maybe more than 20 countries at this point. Not a lot. I've been to mainly cities and first world countries. Even in other first world countries, the world isn't that nice. There are really very nasty people who are out to get you every single time. They look at you as their potential meal for the entire week based on their living conditions back in that country. And that's why I can really look at things from a different perspective, especially for me. I've played card games for currently 20 years, 12 years competitive and 10 years at the top because I won it in my third year when I was 17. And so this is my 10th year of being a professional playing card games. I've played in card game tournaments all across the world. And all I can say is that now, after, especially since I'm in my late 20s, I can say that there's a certain way that people play card games different from how I play card games. For me, I'm more relaxed. I'm more methodical. I overplan, but I'm not that intense as I was in the past. And when you look at, uh, and when I look at players now from different regions and how methodical and how thought out they play, maybe there's a reason why they are playing card games that seriously. Maybe there's a reason why people stream religiously every single day. They just, you know, they put in the hours, they just play non-stop. They don't give up. They entertain their audience, maybe not because they like to, but because they have to. There's a big difference between living conditions in Singapore compared against every single other country in the world. I would say that apart from Singapore, Japan, Korea, South Korea, I mean, Scandinavia, Switzerland, every single country is not in a very good state. And because of COVID, things have actually gotten much worse. And now that I see their living conditions in Europe, currently, ever since COVID started. I went there, ground zero, I got to see everything. It was not the best thing or the the best mindset that I had. I always think that, you know, other countries is better. But now that I've been to Europe in the COVID era, I can definitely tell you that the world has changed. And now when I see streamers putting in the time, putting all the effort to get the viewers because these streamers that I can just say, I, I do not know which countries they come from, but they're pretty sure not from Singapore. There's really a difference in terms of how these guys stream the game and how they approach the game. It's as though they are desperate to win. Because I remember a few times that I mentioned back in Legends of Runeterra, a seasonal tournament, maybe you get 10,000 USD, US dollars, if you win the whole thing. And if you want to call it a career, you have to win it six times in a whole year, which amounts to 60,000 US dollars, which by no means, I mentioned many times, it is not a, it's a very small amount to a Singaporean because of the way our country is set up. You know, having a full-time job in Singapore and every salary here is around 58,000 US dollars, which is around 70, 74,000 Singapore dollars around there. And so to us, earning that money is relatively common. It's very easy to get. You can just you know, go with a full-time job. You don't really have to think that much. The wages here is high. Your retirement account is pretty good. And so now when I see these guys stream and them taking tournaments seriously, it really got me thinking, you know, there's really no way out for them. I can easily go to Nambio or I go to, uh, I go to some website and see the cost of living compared to Singapore. I would say that Singapore is in the top 10 or even top 5 most expensive countries in the world. 
And so these players have no choice but to win. Because if they don't win, they get second, third, or maybe even top 16, top 32. That money is what? $250, $100 in Legendary Terra, US dollars by the way. To me as a Singaporean, it's nothing. But to these guys who are playing tournaments all over the world, it is a lot. And if they don't win or they don't perform well, if they don't stream, if they don't take it seriously, there's nothing else left for them. Because we all know that COVID has destroyed everything. Or like the, the not COVID, the response to COVID by every single country destroyed everything. I think COVID doesn't destroy anything. It's the restrictions that whatever country has imposed on their citizens. Because of these restrictions, the whole livelihood of everyone got destroyed. Businesses were closed. All that were closed. And so people turning to card games or people turning to games, streaming, etc. La 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 doing uh, OnlyFans or whatever you call it, YouTube here and there, you know, being a gig economy kind of nonsense, Fiverr, freelancing. These guys take it very seriously, especially if you're not in Singapore, because the living conditions are so bad. Are so, so bad, especially if you're not in a first world country. There's really not much opportunity for you to go and work a job and make Singapore level of salary. And there's a big reason why, now that I've been to that part of the world and come back, it really got me thinking, oh man, these, now I know why these guys take it so seriously. Now I know why these guys bust their ass to win seasonal tournaments. They bust their ass to practice 12, 16 hours a day. It's the kind of thing where you had a revelation after you travel and you come back and you think about it. Now you know why people are so desperate when it comes to card games. Because they are in a do or die situation. If they don't perform well, they have no money. They, they can't even buy bread. In Singapore, people don't even bother about buying bread. They think about which restaurant to eat. And this is something that I want to share, which is a lot of Singaporeans, they don't understand how good our country is. To them, it's just, you know, life's like that. When they travel to other countries, they just go to uh, cities and, you know, they assume that things are like that. They go to New York, they go to London, they go to Melbourne, they go to New Zealand, they go to Hong Kong, they go to Taiwan. Japan, Korea, that's about it. They don't really travel to the parts of the world that I've been to. They don't go to places like, you know, Eastern Europe. They go, don't go to outskirts in... They go, don't go to outskirts in Southeast Asia. They don't go to, like, those incredibly poor parts of the world. I've seen those parts of the world, and def- definitely this part of Europe really changed me and my perspective of how I look at things. Because when we look at the European region of every single card game, these guys take it so seriously, man. It's like you wonder why they start YouTube. You wonder why they do freelance. You wonder why they play card games at a different level. They just put in so much time to it. It's because they have no choice. There's nothing for them in their country. Let me give you another ex- Let me give you another uh, comparison. You know, a software engineer, which is basically someone who, who writes code. In Singapore, you're paid like insane amount for it. But then compared to someone in Europe, you're paid like peanuts. And that's why I can understand why these guys take the card game so seriously. If they really can hang on to it, they'll just push themselves to win. Like for example, Alan ZQ became the world champion, right? He's from Poland. I think Poland is pretty okay. But his kind of professionalism that he instilled in himself to push himself to become the legend of world champion is something which most Asians will not even push themselves to. Especially those who live in Singapore. Because we have it too good. Maybe some guy in Vietnam, some guy in Thailand, maybe they'll push themselves. But... The fact that they have stable internet, they can play the game and they can speak English, means that they are in the top percentile of their respective countries, be it Vietnam, Thailand, Hong Kong, Taiwan. If they can speak English, they have proper internet, that means that they have a relatively good 
standard of living. And for them to push themselves to win something in a card game is non-existent. It's the same as some guy sitting in France, sitting in, you know, wherever. He, maybe he's a working professional. He's making bank. There's no way he'll push himself. It's only those guys that live in very, very poor conditions, countries. That's why they push themselves to win. And that's why I have nothing but respect for you guys. In the past, I used to have a very different view, which is, I don't understand why you guys do it. But now now that I've been to those parts of the world, I fully understand why you guys push, your, push yourselves to that level. Because this is... Okay, let me just tell you a story that, that I have. This was 10 years ago when I was playing in the Asia Plus Championships, the one which I won. I was playing against a Hong Kong guy. And that guy was so desperate to even collaborate with the judge so that the ruling will, will favour him. And when I beat him, right, he was visibly shown to be like, want to cry. He wanted to cry. The guy was like at least 15, he was in his late 30s, I was in my, I was 17 only. At that point, I just was wondering, why the heck was this guy taking so seriously? And now I can think about it, the flashbacks, now I understand why. Because if he won that tournament, he could have just taken the prize and sell it for, you know, some amount of money that he can use to survive. Because I can tell that this guy probably spent his entire life playing card games. And that's why now that I think about it, yeah, maybe that was why. And so, what was my travel experience like? Let's just talk about the more relieving things. You might notice that I didn't really record any episodes for the past month or so. Because, here's the best part. I wanted to record God's Unchained episodes when I was overseas, but circumstances snowballed as to why, which I'll outline later. Okay, so basically, I packed everything in my luggage. I put everything in, but I didn't bring my mice, which was... Something that you need to bring along with your laptop, right? Because I'm very used to using a desktop for the past two years without traveling. Usually when I bring my laptop, I'll bring along a mice. But this time around, I just forget to bring my mouse. And I wanted to buy one at Changi Airport, which is Singapore's international airport. But then I was thinking, you know, if I were to go to Europe, maybe I'll get a better deal. And so I decided not to get a mouse. And then I flew there. And it was just nice Saturday, which was the weekend ranked. And which person in their right mind will play card games or computer games without a mouse? And so I told myself, you know what? I might just keep playing God's Unchained. Just, I might just keep playing the weekend rank just for once. And then it snowballed to another week. And I actually wanted to go get myself a mice. And based on my experience in that part of the world, and let me just review the country. I was in Turkey. I know some guys might say, oh, Turkey is not part of Europe. Uh, I was in the European part of Turkey, which was in Istanbul. And so I was thinking, if this country was really like that, how can I trust to go and buy myself a mice? Who knows what they can put in the mice? There's some virus, there's some like Trojan horse, there's some virus that lock up my entire computer, ransomware here and there. And so I just told myself, you know what? I will just not play any Gods Unchained. I will just not play any card games I'll not record any podcast episode I had a mic with me I had my Powerbeats Pro which is a uh, Bluetooth uh, earbuds which could record and then I can just play around with Audacity and record it but then I decided you know what I will not record any episodes I will not play Gods Unchained I'll just finish my, my, my trip explore have a few meetings and I'll just come back and so I did not even bother checking the patch notes I just went around Istanbul to look in the country here and there and soak it in. And so this is the reason why I became a bit more jaded as time went on in Istanbul. 
I I did watch a couple of YouTube videos and I do know YouTube is not representative of real life. Went around, I got to explore the country, I, I looked around, I went to Old City, I went to Hex Sophia, I went to the Blue Mosque, which was under renovation. And there were a couple of parts in Istanbul which you go now is under renovation. So I suggest that you guys go maybe next year or in 2024. A lot of things were not as what I expected. There were definitely a lot of tourists around. Because I do believe that Turkey is one of the countries which opened up extremely quickly because they uh, they needed the tourism else they would suffer. And so I just went around the old city, went around a couple of the other towns, Besiktas, Bebek, where else? Beyoklu, Taksim here and there. Shout out to all you guys who are living in Turkey. I do know the living conditions there are incredibly rough and yeah, that's all I can say. I can't really offer you any help. But this was a weird thing that happened to me in the country which was the people were incredibly desperate they were looking at me as though I was a meal ticket like they could finesse something out of me they could get money out of my pockets it was so bad that the experience and overall the trip was fine the food was okay The, the sights were nice to see but the weird part was that there were Turkish people begging me for money around eight times per day man it was incredibly shocking to me for a person that has been to many countries right i don't see people begging me for money but for the first time in turkey there were people begging me for money at the atm and the worst one was i was actually in the toilet i noticed someone like following me all the way thankfully i had a friend with me and then all of a sudden the guy i i finished i zipped up my pants i turned around and there was a guy behind me he put his hands out and he told me money he basically followed me all the way to the toilet and begged money from me. So he essentially stalked me. And so I was incredibly pissed. I couldn't find an inch of my soul to feel sorry for him. Can you imagine traveling to a country and then having people stalk you and asking for money? I don't know that some of you guys listening to this podcast. You guys will never beg for money. If you guys need money, right, you'll find a way, go and hustle hard, work hard, work smart, find a way to invest, and you'll make away money out. But these guys, they beg me for money. And so there's definitely a different mindset that these guys have compared to everyone else in the world. Because we all know that the inflation crisis happened, their currency is basically worthless. And I can give you an example of why it's worthless, because on the first day I arrived, I went to buy sparkling water, which cost me around 8 lira, which is basically... 80 cents in Singapore dollars or 60 cents USD. The next two days I went back, the same sparkling water cost 10 liras, which was $1 sing or 80 cents US dollar. So basically, the price of sparkling water went up by 25% in the span of two days, 48 hours, maybe even less, 46, 45 hours. Do you want to know how ridiculous that sounds? Can you imagine you go and eat a meal it costs you $8, for example. And the next two days, the guy raised the price to $10. And the next few days, he raised it again to $12.50. How would that make you feel? It feels bonkers, right? Especially since I don't remember Turkey being this bad. I do know that it's a relatively okay country to be in, in terms of you know expenditure here and there, buying food, looking at the sites here and there. But it was so bad where the prices keep changing every day. And this is first-hand, boots-on-the-ground experience, I'm telling you. 
Like if you guys are thinking about going to Turkey, right? I can tell you that the people there are more different than usual. Normally, I do know that Turks are okay. But maybe I'm wrong. I, I do know some friends of mine who have very bad experiences with Turkish people. But then this time around, because of their inflation crisis, because of everything in their country going bonkers, these guys in Turkish, I don't want to sell bad, but they look at foreigners like a target. Especially those guys who come from Dubai, Saudi Arabia, some part of the Middle East. These guys maybe have better living conditions. I do know that they have better living conditions because else why would they travel, right? And so I, I did notice as I was drinking my morning latte, walking around, I just like to stand in the corner, sit at the park bench and, and look at things, go to touristy sites. A lot of the locals were looking at these Middle Eastern guys with a vengeance. It's as though they want to flee something from them, want to rob them of something. Which was not nice, especially if you imagine you're a guy in Dubai. Let's say you're a Middle Eastern guy, you're Arabian, etc, etc. You go to Turkey and then some guy is like eyeing you and want to rob you. You want to know how that feels like, right? I was actually planning to go to other parts of Europe. I will most likely be creating a Twitter account sometime down the road again so that people can actually contact me and talk to me about certain things. And so the return to Singapore. After my trip, flew back to Singapore, there was a seven-day quarantine protocol, which was kind of bad. So I had to stay at home, not leave the house, be a good Singaporean citizen and... You know, not cause any trouble for everyone. And so what was the obvious thing to do? Of course, I would be playing Gods Unchained, right? And so, when I played Gods Unchained and opened it on the first time, there were a couple of updates I had to go through because I've not played the game in like nearly three weeks. And then I realized that there was a patch note that took place. And of course I knew that because they were going to balance Divine Order. Like how can Benny be, right? It was going to be Divine Order. It can't be other cards in the set. And boy, was I wrong. The entire core set got wiped out. Literally, they changed a lot of the stuff here and there. It was literally an overhaul. Like, if you play Magic the Gathering, you play Pokemon, you play Yu-Gi-Oh! You play Battle Spirits here and there. There is no way, no chance in on this planet that they can just overhaul everything. Like, they call everybody to return their cards and then they print out new copies for you to play. No, that was not possible. This is only possible because of the state that digital card games are. Funny how the thing is on Immutable X, but these cards are super mutable, right? <laughs> and so, when I came back, my entire collection dropped by half. The value of everything I had dropped by half. I thought that Gods and Chain cards were a very good investment, but boy, was I wrong. It was shocking. And the best of it all was that my current Gods deck, which I've been playing for the past 2-3 months, a deck which I just, you know, I didn't even change anything. It was basically in nature. My deck was no longer playable. The deck which I started with, my initial investment of what, $40 is now unplayable. Like no doubt, maybe this $40 made me around 0.1 ETH over my lifetime. But now I have to commit even more ETH or commit my God's token to buy more cards so that I can get a playable meta deck. I've been through this experience before in Yu-Gi-Oh. I had to spend money, I had to put in resources to ensure that I could play a meta deck. But then... The thing about Yu-Gi-Oh! is that the meta can last. Meta cycles last for 6 months. I know recently it become 3 months. And so the one deck that you play can last you for 6 months. And that's pretty much it. The meta doesn't really change that much. Because it's not a digital card game. Information in the past wasn't shared that quickly. Nobody had a, a chance for you to... Oh, you know what? Uh, What's it called? Magic deck is really strong right now. The card draw magic is so powerful. Stuff or like meta across the different countries were different. 
some some countries favored control decks, some fav- some countries favored like aggressive decks, some favored mid range decks here and there. No matter the same, but not because God's Unchained is like centralized. Even though you know people say cryptocurrency is decentralized, yeah, it's pretty much centralized, decentralized. It's, pre- it's on the same server, and so the entire meta shifted to just people playing one deck. It used to be a lot of players playing a uh, board wipe death together with the control war deck, but now everyone is just playing magic card draw. I did know about the existence of Magic Card Draw. In my mind, I always knew that Magic Card Draw was okay. But they went super overboard in this patch, or the previous patch, and they made a couple of cards very powerful. There was one Dragon, Leonard Hatchling, if I'm not mistaken, now became due 4 damage, which was crazy. And so naturally, there was only one deck, or like one god that I could play, which was a Nature God. And so I had obviously I had to, to make a deck, right? If not, there was no way I was gonna make I was I was gonna make new gods token, I was not gonna earn any more gods token, I was not gonna get any more packs to fill up my collection and have it as a long-term investment to sell it off in the future to some some fool is gonna hold my bags in the future. And so obviously I built the control nature deck with the buffed up Sage of Renewal. And so I made a big mistake. This was the biggest mistake of my life. Sage of Renewal was a card that got buffed. Which means that there's a chance that <laughs> this card will get nerfed again. And so after a week of playing Control Nature, I hit 15 wins out of 25, got myself a pretty decent amount of cards to open. And one week later, guess what? God's Unchained released a new patch. And Nature got nerfed again. And the deck I was playing is no longer playable again after one week. So in the span of one month, my God's Unchained collection went from playable and good and now it became totally worthless and my deck is useless. All in the span of one month. Just because I didn't even play God's Unchained. Or I chose not to play. And so here's the best part. If this game is going to carry on doing this, not nerfing the core cards, you know, there's no way they can touch the core and the Trial of the Gods, right? Because they said that these sets are locked, they are balanced out, and there's no way they can make any changes to it. Yeah, sure, maybe I agree with them on that. Because it gives players the confidence to buy into those cards now. And then hold on, hold, on, hold on to them for the rest of their lives. Or maybe sell it off to some fool that wants to play the game. This mindset can be attached to Divine Order. But that's one thing that most players don't understand, is that the Divine Order cards, they are now much more in circulation than the Trial of the Gods together with the core card sets. Because the player base is increased. And that means that more players are only the Divine Order cards. Which means that there's a higher supply. And in the future, there will also be high demand. So, next time when a new patch is released, more players, the cards will be higher supply, lower demand. Higher supply, even lower demand. And future expansions will be pretty much worthless. And the only ones that have value are Core, Di- core Trial of the Gods, and maybe Divine Order. Because we all know that the cycles of card games here and there, the player base can grow to a certain amount. It has not peaked yet. But God's Unchained, I can tell you, it's a very easy card game to pick up. I don't understand people who tell me it's a hard game to play. By far, it's the easiest. Physical card game is still the hardest. Legends from Terror was actually pretty, pretty damn hard to play. Or to master at a certain level. And when I played God's Unchained, I did enjoy it. I can tell you across my heart, it was a great experience. But after this one month, looking at how things are going, it is not feasible for the average guy to play this game. Like, I know some guys are telling me, no, you're just bitter that your entire collection got destroyed. I'm telling you guys the truth. No person can actually survive this game without spending money. 
you probably gonna have to, to take profits from your Ethereum or take profits from your from your BSC meme tokens and go and buy cards in Cos Chain, which is an okay investment provided that you make 15 or 20 wins or above every single weekend rank. And there is no announcement in the game for tournaments or maybe even the World Championship, which provides you a big bounty to incentivize players to play. But the play to earn is great. You get a God's token. But the God's token fluctuates every time. It is not a proper way for you to make an income out of it. In fact, if you guys are trying to think of making an income out of playing God's Unchained, then I would say that you're pretty foolish. No one makes money from playing card games. No one. Other than the world champion and the top 5 streamers of that specific game. No one else. The biggest guy that makes the money is God's Unchained themselves. God's Unchained and Immutable X. The team behind it. No one else makes money. Professional players don't make bank. They are, they are lucky if they can make 100,000, maybe 50,000, maybe even 10,000. You all know how poor most Twitch streamers are. It's only the top Twitch streamers that make everybody want to, want to join and stream. Not everybody makes that amount of money. And I do understand that amount of money can get you very far in those countries. Yeah, I do understand now. But I can tell you that there is no way that a person can actually get rich from playing God's Unchain. Unless you are very lucky, you go and buy 20 cards, some common card, and then it goes up, what, 100, 10,000x. That's near impossible. You have to probably wait two or three years. But can your wallet hold on that long? Because inflation is definitely killing your bank account and you need money right now to survive. That's why I think that God's Unchained might actually be a pretty bad investment. Because these cards, no, ma- no matter if you can sell it, you want to liquidate it at the end. There's one thing. There's one thing I want to mention. It is that if you want to cancel your listing, right, you have to pay gas fees again. Like sure, I have, a, I have Ethereum. I can easily pay. But it's not worth it because those cards are worth lesser than the gas I'm paying. And so that means if you list it and you want to change it, you want to remove your listing, you have to pay a certain amount. And if you want to change the price of it, somehow yeah, I can't change it. I have to redraw it and relist it again. So it's definitely my cards are locked there. I can't even sell it. If I fail to sell it and I want to remove it, maybe I can change the price. But there's some some bug that I'm encountering where I can't change the price. And it, the only way for me is to, to actually unlist it and I have to pay gas fees. And that means that it's a losing investment. And somehow I think Token Trove has to fix that. If not, my entire three months of playing this game is a waste of time. Like sure, maybe God's Unchained is a great game. I can tell you it's a great game, but it's not going to be the best game. I made a prediction that... Okay, later I'll talk about the prediction part. But all we can say is that for a card game like this, for any person to join, maybe you can free to play. But all you gotta do is not play the game for a week or two, and your entire collection is worthless, especially if there is a patch which happened to me. And this actually gave me a wake-up call. Made me wake up and think that Maybe things are not what it seems to be, especially with Ghost and Chain. You put in that amount of time, la la la, you just make one, two weeks you don't play, a patch happens and your deck's unplayable. You don't have enough tokens, you don't have enough stuff to liquidate to make a better deck. Because if you were to invest in the new cards, and then somehow Ghost and Chain find that the new card is too strong, yeah sure, 7 mana 6 6 is a problem, right? How about Demo Gorgon? It took you guys so long to, to change sleep. You know how ridiculous that, that, that sounds? And so you're not one of the newer players to go into the game. So no, I mean, if you're not one of the older players that go into the game early, you're just losing out. Everyone's just going to have better cards than you. You're just going to get dumpstered every single time. Maybe you can reach, uh, what's the highest rank? <laughs> I even forgot what's the highest rank. The, the thing above Diamond, what, Master? Is it Master rank? Oh, Mythic rank, yeah, Mythic rank. Oh, sure, you hit Mythic. But then you're going to get destroyed because every single person is playing card draw magic or they're playing the latest hot deck in the game. They can just sell one of their epics that they got from Trial of the Gods or or the Divine or the Core Set not Core Set what's it called the Genesis Set 
and they can just build the best deck all of, all of a sudden. It doesn't really matter to them because they really made so much from their investment. And then Sage of Renewal got nerfed, which really reminds you of Giant Pangolin, it reminds you of Guild Enforcer. How can this happen? The newer cards that are actually playable and make players can hang with the older, older cards, those cards got nerfed, and that means that the new players have no chance. And if this is going to be a repeating occurrence in God's Anjin, then I'm definitely not going to play the game. Because they made it very clear that the Genesis and the Child of God set will not get touched at all. Which means that if you got in very early into the game, maybe two years ago, you'll be profiting right now. You're probably going to sit on this pile of cash and just destroy everybody. Every single weekend rank is going to be a walk in the park for you. You're probably going to hit 20 plus wins every single week. Because the newer players have to commit, what, $3,000 to play the best deck in the game? Maybe a fire dollars. I think card draw magic is pretty cheap. I think at this time recording as of 30th March 2022, maybe card draw magic isn't the best deck. I've not even looked at the subreddit. I don't even know what's happening in God's Unchained. But all I can tell you is that it's going to be the same few decks. The best decks are only going to consist of Genesis and Child of Gods. I'm sorry, new players, you're just going to get fleeced. And they keep telling you play to earn. Maybe the Gods token is worth it. But those cards have no value. Because in the future, there's going to be play to earn. The. the no, let's not play to earn. Play and earn now. Yeah. And then the amount of Gods that you get is going to be diluted because there's so many players now. And the cards you get is going to be worthless because everyone has it. You're probably going to need newer fools to join the game and so you can offload those those cards that you have to newer players because they don't print them anymore. That's the only way you're going to make money for Gods Unchained. And that's a very long strategy. And maybe if you don't invest one Ethereum to buy packs, you're just going to lose out. Because what? You think $100 is going to turn to $10,000 overnight? I'd rather you go work a job for like minimum wage or something. And one patch notes that your entire collection is worthless. Tada, just like that. Collection goes down in value. Your entire months of working towards something just goes down the drain. And I think that core and new sets are just not worth investing. Like maybe if you're damn smart, you can buy some Divine Order cards knowing that they will not get nerfed and they might be very strong in the future. Like uh, what Miraculous Familiar and Celestial Stack. Like who knows? Maybe maybe the gods unchained they decide to do something to it. And then you're screwed. You buy a thousand copies of each of those cards, thinking that they might 10x, 100x in the future because of their utility. Your Miraculous Familiar can get you a free spell and... Uh, what something stack uh, mysterious stack can get you free creatures who knows when they nerf it you can only trigger the effect once in a future patch and then you're screwed you bought like a thousand copies of each and now the, the cards have dropped to the, to, the, to the floor and no one plays it anymore like maybe in the future sometime down the road someone will pick it up and say oh you know this guy is damn strong some influencer is gonna shield it and make everyone play it but that's not impossible that's not possible and that's why the only logical thing that you can do is to buy Genesis and Trial of the Gods cards which are actually at all time high right now and maybe if you can make a good few picks and, and buy some Divine Order cards. that You can refer to my previous episode about cards, which I think from Divine Order are going to actually go out in value. But really, apart from that, right, the play and earn thing is an illusion. It's meant to trick everyone to devote their time to the game. I, I do know that maybe you guys have really not listened to it at all. Like, if anybody wants to play Ghost Unchained, I would highly recommend that the God Stoker are the only thing you can hold. And if you were to sell the cards, right, just sell it in God's token. Don't sell it in Eve. Because Eve can only right, go out and value that amount. And the God's Unchained cards will actually go up. No, God's Unchained token will actually go up even higher as more players start to play the game. No one's getting rich from God's Unchained. That's one thing I want to say. God's Unchained, like I mentioned, is going to get rich. No one else is. House always wins. And something that boggles me. I do know this is a long time coming. For a game with that long of existence like God's Unchained, I still wonder, with such a solid team, with so much funding from who knows from where, the game can't even 
survive after seven rounds. Because usually my games end by turn six, maybe even turn seven. But maybe but now because of control nature, around two weeks ago when I played it, the games can go longer. I summon stage of renewal and somehow the game lags. The whole thing can just go bonkers. Let me tell you one time, the game went like beyond 12-13 rounds and then they say the server crashed. No, like seriously man. This game has so much funding. The market cap of God's Unchained is so high. And this is the level of production that the game can produce. You know how ridiculous that sounds? It just seems like a... <laughs> like a totally different scenario. Okay, sure. The director of the game is pretty legit, but he's a good game director. That does not mean that he's a good game designer. He probably didn't code the game. He probably came he probably came up with the game theory, like how, how the game is supposed to function, how the cut design, etc. etc. Learning from magic. He might not be the guy, you know, writing the back end code, not doing the load balancer, probably not doing the UI UX, the coding, the back end, the front end, la la la. So he probably doesn't know anything about that. I might be wrong, because I didn't really research his profile. But for a game that has existed for nearly three years, and this is the best that they can produce, a game which like barely functions, the game can't really go that long. Like like I know you guys have played the game, and then you know after turn seven the game just lags, and it's frustrating. It's so slow. I I thought that my computer was slowing down, but actually I'm using a pretty new computer. It's like one and a half years old, and so this is pretty disappointing for a game. The entire game feels very out of place just put together randomly overnight like a final year project of like the worst com science team ever <laughs> but okay will I be back playing God's Unchained probably not this is the only card game together with Artifact that I can say I will not be back so to those guys that want to listen to more God's Unchained I can tell you something man I will not be back in this game. I'll be holding on to the cards that I have from Divine Order. I have no plans on selling them. Maybe a year or two from now, I'll be liquidating them for maybe what, 1000x? <laughs> like I mentioned, no one's getting rich from the game. So, 1000x, <laughs> who knows, it might happen. And so I doubled down my stance. It's something which I want to say just now. Play and earn together with crypto gaming is the future. No matter what happens. Legends of Terra, Hearthstone whatever you want to call it, CSGO, Valorant, etc, etc. Play and earn and crypto gaming is going to be the future. The metaverse as well. There's going to be like a play and earn crypto gaming metaverse thing that's going to come down. Maybe Neo Tokyo might actually take off. There will be games somewhere down the road which will dominate this industry. It will be. It's inevitable. The metaverse is like super, super pumped in. And so there's a lot of opportunities for you to invest in. I would suggest you not invest in the metaverse at all. Just look at the things that power the metaverse. Maybe you look at internet providers. You look at uh, data storage. You look at semiconductors. You look at computer parts. The things that are used to make computer parts like mining here and there. So you look into those sectors. Think about it. And I can tell you that metaverse, crypto gaming, play and earn is the future. There will be a game sometime down the road. Some Maybe something like an MMORPG which is metaverse-like. And needless to say, God's Unchained isn't that game that will dominate the metaverse industry. There's no way. And so let me do this just for someone who want to clip it. Play and earn crypto gaming is the future. There will be a game somewhere down the road. And God's Unchained isn't that game. See you guys on the next one.